Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the LA Rams UK podcast. In a bit of a departure from our normal routine, tonight's podcast will be hosted by myself, Tony. We also have with us Rob. Good evening, folks. And Jordan. All right, how are we done? With the NFL draft only a week away, we wanted to take a look at what the main priorities are for our Rams, have a look at some of the, the newest free agency ins and outs, and, and where we think um, we need the most help via the draft. So, Jordan, we've only had a couple of ins and outs since we last did the podcast. Michael Brock has left us and then pretty much very swiftly came back. And the other, the only other ones I can see are Brandon Cooks and a couple of new kickers joining us. Yeah, that's pretty much all that's kind of happened uh, recently. It's been quite slow from from a Rams point of view. It's kind of slowed overall, to be fair. But I think with the, the cap situation, it's kind of been particularly slow for our, ourselves. So, yeah, Brockers, um, Ravens apparently had a bit of a concern with his with his ankle. Um, I think he went out the last last game he kind of limped out of. It was a high ankle sprain, but it was certainly towards the end of last season anyway. Um, they had a bit of an issue with it, but obviously the Rams don't, so he came back, kind of looked the same same kind of deal, but I think he was getting towards $20 million guaranteed with the Ravens, whereas it's, it's under 10 I think, with the Rams, so it's obviously a lot less guaranteed money. Um, yeah, the kickers were... I think one's definitely came from the Canadian Football League. I'm not sure about the other. Um, Austin McGuinness, and I'll probably butcher this, but it's Lerum Hairulahu. I hope that was even remotely close. He's the guy that's came from the uh, Canadian Football League, Carlton Tiger Cats, I think they're called. Um, and then the major out was was the Brandon Cooks trade to the the Texans. So we got the number fifty seven pick in this year's draft for him, and shipped out a a draft pick in two years' time, um, a fourth rounder in twenty twenty two, which is nothing major. That's the only other changes really, to be honest. Yeah, I, th- I think the Brandon Cooks trade came as a bit of a surprise to everybody. Really, I don't, I don't think anybody. Yet- thought somebody else would take on his contracts given his history with concussion protocols over the last uh, couple of seasons well over the last few seasons really uh, but I mean looking at it you know he's, he's been a decent servant to um, the Rams over the last two seasons you know he's played 30 games out of um, 32 regular seasons hasn't he so he's, he's not done too badly for us um, did we trade a first round pick for him when we acquired him yeah, we've had two seasons of decent production from him, so I, I, I don't wish him any any ill on his um, departure. I think we he's he's done fairly well for us, and we've done fairly well for him. I think. Do, do you agree, Chris? Sorry, it's Rob. I'm so used to Chris <laughs> being on the podcast every time. Rob, sorry. I answer to anything, Tony. Um, uh, t- to be honest with you, I, I. There was rumours starting to circulate, you know, that he was on on, on the block. Um, I initially thought going into the off-season that he would be one of the candidates for having his contract restructured 
And then I, I began to hear one or two rumours of certainly potential trades uh, being talked about. Um, so I, I wasn't massively surprised when I, when I actually did see a trade actually coming uh, actually coming onto the table, you know, actually from the Texans, you know, particularly after uh, um, actually shopping out Hopkins uh, to the Cardinals. Um we, we, we did get good production out of him, you know, and I, I think he's a loss to the offense for us because he was that deep threat that stretches a defense. And looking at the the rest of the wide receiver core for us, we don't have a similar player. You know, yeah, I know Josh Reynolds is probably going to be the guy to step up, but I, I'm almost thinking as well as as much as this was a move to maybe make things financially a bit easier for us. Certainly with the Jalen Ramsey contract coming, I, I'm also thinking, you know, that yeah, there was the concerns as well regarding the concussions. You know, the, the couple that he had last year, but I, I'm I'm also looking at maybe Les Need having an eye on the draft, which is apparently supposed to be deep at wide receiver, um, and maybe they're thinking thinking, you know, that, that if, if there was somebody willing to come to the table with something like a second round pick, with the draft being potentially quite deep going into the second round at wide receiver, could he be replaced and could he be replaced with somebody quite similar? Yeah, or certainly yeah. with similar, similar traits. And I, I think that moves us quite nicely into, into looking at the, the draft this year as well. We have seven picks this year, uh, two in the second round, 52-57, Two in the third round, 84 and 104. Uh, one in the fourth, 126. One in the sixth at 199. And one in the seventh at 234. Now, that's a little bit below average. I think on average, we, we usually have about... The average is about eight picks, isn't it? I just looked up the stats, actually. And Miami have 14 picks this year which is astounding, but I think they do need a little bit of help this year, don't they? So, Jordan, where, where do you think we need the major piece of help this year? Well, I think there's a lot of a lot of places that could be doing with a bit of help, and I think, you know, this year's probably the first year in a few years that they really need this draft class to make a, an immediate impact. When you go back to McVeigh's first year, nobody, nobody's really expecting anything, so... You know, going into the draft, you can say, well, you know, maybe in a couple of years these guys will be ready again after you have a good first year and then, you know, a really good off-season as well as we had going into maybe the second year. You're kind of thinking, OK, it can just be more depth that we look for in this draft and then, uh, you know, obviously coming off a Super Bowl the, the year after, you're thinking, again, you know, depth, maybe look a couple of years in the future with some of these guys, more developmental pieces. But then after last season's disappointment, I think you're really looking for day one guys, and it's pretty difficult. You know, it's especially this year more than ever with everything going on. You've not got as much one-to-one time with these guys, so I think a lot's going up. You know, a lot more tape viewing for the coaches and scouts, which makes things a bit more difficult. Um, but position-wise, I think you're looking at edge rusher being one. The only really you know, seasoned guy does Ebicam and Floyd if that deal gets um, officially announced. Again, we're, you're going back to the linebacker even as well. We're on the, you're down to kind of, I think, Micah Kaiser and uh, Trevin Howard, is it? I think maybe is about the, the two guys in the middle there. Yep. Trevin Howard or Trevin Young, I get mixed up. You know, you're probably now looking for a running back in the later rounds. I wouldn't go 
I'm not a big fan of going running back in the second round anyway. You're definitely looking at a wide receiver now, I think. You know, and that's that's you already spent a few of your picks just talking to those positions. So I think there is there's a lot of a lot of places that could be, you know, we could see some selections there. I don't think we'll also only have seven picks. I think there's going to be a lot of wheeling and dealing by Sneed on on the on the days of the draft. So there's definitely something to watch out for as well. Yeah, I think you posted earlier in the week, or or one of the the team did that the, the last time we actually picked where we were supposed to on the day throughout the draft was was 2009 or something like that so we we do have a bit of a reputation for for wheeling and dealing and I, I can't see us taking two picks in the second round to be honest I think we'll be trading at least one of those away to, to gather um, a few more picks further down the line um, assuming that we've got our eye on on, on certain players what do you think Rob Are you, do you do you agree with Jordan on the the edge the 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 offensive line and running back wide receiver type of um, yeah, Certainly edge. Edge is going to be high on the list. You know, certainly losing Dante Fowler and, and certainly, you know, the, the guy they brought in from the Bears here, Floyd. Um, you know, he, he was a first round pick for them, you know, three, four years ago, pick number nine or something, I think I was reading. Um, but he, he's just not achieved for them anything like the, what they were expecting. Um, but to, to, answer, to answer the question, Tony, I, I, I think our biggest need um, is going to actually depend on Joseph Notboom because looking at this as being Andrew Whitworth's last season, we need to have a left tackle set up to slot in there next year. And th- that, that was quite a serious leg, quite a serious knee injury you know, that, that Joseph Notman's coming off. Um, and and I, I think it's where the organisation is and, and, and with Notboom and his recovery on that, and is he going to be the guy to slot in there at left tackle? And I think, you know, as you said, Jordan, you know, you, to answer your question without actually without us actually moving back in the draft to try and accumulate more picks. If we actually stick to where we are, which is unlikely, but if we did, I, I could honestly see us taking some kind of tackle actually with that with that first second round that we have. And then the second second round pick that we have, then looking at potentially an edge rusher. I think that's the two big the two big uh, needs on the team. Um, actually, break, breaking down the offensive line into two sections, f- from what I'm reading and from what I'm hearing, th- th- there is supposed to be some good depth at, at the tackle position in the draft. But the interior of the line, from what I'm reading, is there's not a great deal of depth there. This would actually be a good year for us, um, potential-wise, in the draft to take another tackle. Um, for that to be some insurance that if Joseph Notbeam is not going to be the guy, if he doesn't step up, um, then there is some kind of some kind of insurance here, you know, or, or something certainly to jockey him for position for that left tackle position because there's nobody really else on the roster that's going to slot into that position other than Joseph Notboom. And I and I think without a move that's where the first pick will be. And then potentially the second pick, you know, having lose, lost Dante Fowler. Um and again Floyd's on a one-year deal, isn't he? I think they signed up for one year, so it's almost a, a kind of prove-it thing. I think they'll potentially look at some kind of kind of reassurance there as well, and potentially take an edge guy if there's somebody they like, you know. But there's there's after free agency, and I said to you earlier, guys, free agency wasn't kind to us. There's there's a few holes that they could pick, and it's whether they want to go for need over the best player in the draft, and that's the lottery that that, that you'll only know 
you know, what's actually sitting there when you when you actually come to choose, you know, with with your pick. Yeah, I, th- I think I think you're right with the the Andrew Whitworth um, um, comments. You know, he signed a three year deal, but in effect, it is really a one year deal. We're only really expecting yeah. to to oh, fulfil one one year of that. And and if Joseph Noteboom can step up and and fill that gap that will be left by by Whitworth leaving, um, then that leaves another gap in in the depth chart. But um, you you've obviously looked a lot more into the the the, the the prospects for the um, the draft coming through and how deep they may be at, maybe at tackle edge and wide receiver. Um, I always find it quite difficult to keep an eye on on the college football players that are coming through, unless somebody is really chatting about the, the quarterbacks and a, a really good set of wide receivers coming through. But that, that's re- that's a really interesting point that you make about Whitworth there. Do you? Do you... Think, sorry, I was going to say. I think I think it's such an important position in the team Tony it's like you've only got to look at you know the, the not so long ago when when we drafted you know um Greg Robinson with the second pick overall and and, and the woes that we had you know from, from that from that left tackle position it's it's such an important position on the offense it's like we, we know everything starts from the line but the, the most important position on that line is the left tackle the blind side you know that that has to be that has to be you know, something that the quarterback has complete faith in, that he can stand there in pocket and think that blind side's covered. I've only got to actually deal with what I can see, what's in front of me. Um, and, and as I say, the, the woes that we had, you know, with, with Greg Robinson um, and, and that team going offensively nowhere, that was a large part of it. And then you see the turnaround when you bring in somebody so developed, somebody so so good at that position like Andrew Whitworth and he was a big part of turning that offence around you know and again you, you, you don't want to go back the way um, to, 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 to find that position again with, with somebody either you know just not with you know the, the same kind of skill set as Andrew Whitworth to, to help carry the offence um, or again somebody in a, in a position where you know he's He's coming off an injury, and and it's maybe just not the best time for him to be playing such a key role in the offense. No, I, mean, I, I, th- I think you see the chemistry as well between Andrew Whitworth and Jared Goff as well. There is an understanding and a and a level of trust between the two, and he, that comes through in in droves, um, which which is great to see, obviously. But that's that's a, he is only a short term um, player for us now. Um, but he has been fantastic for us since since we traded for him. Um, so if, if we move on to the running backs, obviously we've lost Todd Gurley now, which leaves us with Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson, and John Kelly. Um, obviously, that's an important piece for any football team. Um, but Jordan, do you th- do you think those three players are are good enough to work as a committee? Um. I think if, uh, if if Kelly was, I mean, I think Kelly's been there at least two years now, so I think this would be his third year. Um, I think if he was going to be good enough, he'd be featured at, at some point before now, so I think they're definitely going to look to add one um, in the draft. Like I say, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, not a big fan of using one of your second round picks on, on a running back just because, you know, you, if you're going to go committee, then you should be able to find a guy lower down um, in, the, in the rounds to to help with that, especially when you've traded up last year for um, Henderson. So, there's, I mean, there's a few guys there, and 
what I'll say is if the, you know if there's people there that like yourself that don't know a lot of the prospects and, and things coming out. There's a couple of uh, websites, um, thedraftnetwork.com. They've got like a, a mock draft simulator, which so you can pretty much go through the seven rounds. You can choose to select as the Rams, and they've got all the they've got all the the kind of profiles there, write ups about them, and they've, they've ranked them and everything. So it's it's a pretty good way of you know getting yourself up to speed, even if it was only on the kind of the the first round guys or whatever. Um, so I'll just run through kind of how they've got them ranked at the minute. I think we'll be out of the running for the first three guys. I think there's probably the the class of the top three. Um, DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins and Jonathan Taylor. They're all probably going to be going by the time Rams pick at 52. Um, from then, you're kind of on to the next tier of guys. First one's pr- probably going to be Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, from LSU but again like I say I probably wouldn't wouldn't use one of the second round picks and he's likely to be gone after the second round as well so brings you on to the guys who might be in the Rams um, range you've got Cam Akers of Florida State he's possibly going to be there in the third um, Antonio Gibson of Memphis which is where we got Henderson from last year He's another guy who's kind of in that range. And one I've seen, I think the Rams have actually spoke to this guy, uh, Zach Moss, his name is, from Utah. Um, He is likely to be there, kind of third round. So that's maybe one of the guys to keep an eye on, as I think the Rams have had. don't know if they spoke to him face-to-face or if it was on the FaceTime chat as they're doing now. Um, but they've definitely spoken to him from what I've seen. So I think he could be one of the guys that they're looking to key in on um, for the running back position. Well, we've got, we've, we do have the two picks in the third round, so that certainly sounds like it's a possibility. Um, what are your thoughts, Rob, on, on, the, on the, um, the running back committee? I, I, I think the contingency plan started in last year's draft uh, with Darrell Henderson. I, I think they were quite high in that guy. And Jordan, correct me if I'm wrong, did we move up to get Darrell Henderson? I think we did. Yeah, I traded up for him, yeah. Yeah, we tried to, I think the contingency plan started last year, guys. Um, and yeah, I know there was some struggles last year from Henderson. Um, but there, there was also some positive games as well. You know, we didn't see much of him, let's be honest. We didn't see much of him. Um, the little bits that I saw, I, I was quite impressed. I, I, I quite liked the skill set. Um, I would like to have saw a lot more of them, but that just wasn't just wasn't going to be possible last year. I I honestly think that they they didn't want to pay Gurley that money. There's obviously health issues and stuff that we weren't fully aware of, um, but we had a good idea regarding the, the knee and stuff like that. I, I think the whole contingency plan started last year. I, I think they liked Henderson coming out. I think they'll they'll look to have a lot have have a much better look at him this year potentially starting and I think if they do take a running back I think it will be later in the draft I I, th- I think there's much more needs um, pressing um, than running back and McVeigh's obviously come out and he's obviously come out a couple of times now and said it's going to be running back by committee I think uh, Ma- Malcolm Brown will continue to do the, 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 the tough yards um, I think they'll look to see more of Darrell Henderson right away you know getting maybe the maybe the, the the lion's share of the carries will, it will be by committee. But John Kelly, he could slot and I could almost see him. If I, if I remember rightly, the bits that I've saw him in pre-season and stuff like that, he had some issues with fumbling. 
just a, a couple of years ago when and I saw him in free agency. But he, he reminded me of you know that that what they call that third down third down back. You know, a guy that comes in who can potentially obviously run the ball, but more be able to catch the ball out the backfield. You know, and move move the chains on third down. And I, and I see him having that role. Um, I. I don't see us using, as I said, any of our early drafts, certainly, you know, in, in the second and third round. Um, and if there is a back to be taken, I think it will be much later. I, I, I think you could look at the last of our picks if we do potentially look at some kind of contingency for any of those guys going down with an injury, God forbid. Interesting, interesting. So in the, the other area of need that we we looked at as well was the, was the wide receiver. Now, Looking at the depth chart, I think we're still pretty strong here with with Cup and Woods, uh, and Josh Reynolds as well. Um, and then behind them, we have Nasimba Webster and Greg Dorch. Um, Robert, any thought? Any thoughts there? Yeah, as I said earlier, I, I think we lost we lost that speed component and that stretch the defense component with with Brandon Cooks, and and I think that that's something we will look at in the draft um, potentially with those first four picks. Um, as, I've, as I've said, uh, you know the, the draft is, is supposed to be exceptional for a wide receiver. Um, there's, there's, there's been one or one or two quotes saying that potentially there could be something like maybe seven or eight could actually go in the first round. Jordan, you know stuff that's been unheard of. Um, you know, in, in, in drafts going by, I, I honestly think that we will look along the lines of somebody who can stretch the defense. We, we know. What we're getting with Robert Woods, that, that good all rounder. We know what we're getting with Cooper Cup. You know, maybe not the fastest, but the, the route running, the hands. Um, Josh Reynolds will certainly see probably a lot more of the ball this year. And I, again, a guy that, that that maybe could you know go a little bit deeper. Um, but I, again, Josh Reynolds being a, a very decent all rounder. As we know, McVeigh likes to, to, to chop and change things, you know, at that wide receiver position, you know, with him coming in to take handoffs, you know, the, the slip screens and all these kind of things. And I think to do that effectively, I think you have to have speed. And I think they'll be looking for speed in that draft at the wide, at the wide, wide receiver position. Interesting. I, mean, I, I, I did a little bit of scouting around on some mock drafts before, and there were two names that came up in the second round and the, the top, well, the, the middle-ish of the third round. Uh, Justin Jefferson from LSU and Michael Pittman from, from USC. Um, have you, it seems as though you came up with quite a few names, Jordan, for the, for the, the running back. Have, have you looked that far with the, the wide receiver core? I'd say... The, whoever's doing the mock draft for Jefferson, he's going to be probably gone in the first round. Okay. Um, you've got again. There's a kind of a, a a top tier, and then a lot of guys in the second tier who are still very very good. Um, so top tiers: C.D. Lamb, um, Jerry Judy, and Henry Ruggs. They're all going to be gone top. I'd be struggling to see them get past fifteen. Um, the three of them. Then you've got uh, Justin Jefferson. He's been kind of linked with the Philadelphia Eagles at 21 quite a lot. Um, and then a, there's kind of a lot of fringe one, round one guys. Uh, Jalen Rager. Uh, Denzel Mims is one who is rising up the draft boards as we got into last week. He's got a lot of hype. Um, the Rams have apparently met with him um, via FaceTime. But I think he'll be out of range at 52 to be honest um, guys I think 
Pittman's one who could be there, and given he's at USC, I'm sure they've seen a lot of him. Um, another couple of guys of uh, Lavishka Chenault. Um, he's one who's, I think he could possibly sneak into round one as well, but he's one of those kind of guys that Rob was talking about that, you know, there's it's a deep wide receiver wide receiver class. It's kind of if if you find one that fits your needs, then he could be the you know they could, that could just push him up the boards into round one. So it's it's one of them you're not not too sure, but uh, Denzel Mims is definitely one that's been linked with the Rams. And yeah, like you say, Pittman Pittman will be there I think in round two um, when the Rams pick. But yeah, you'll definitely get one one good receiver uh, when the Rams are, are picking, but it's just whether McVay thinks that they fit in his scheme if he wants to go like-for-like like replacement with, with what Brandon Cooks brought us in, in terms of you know the speed and take the top off of defences, or if he thinks you know he can, he can mix it up a bit, but that remains to be seen. But I do think the Rams will take a wide receiver with one of the first two picks that, that, that they have. Um, you know, it's very top-heavy with what the Rams do because generally we've got three receivers on the field at any time and, you know, the, the three guys that we've got are at the top are, pro- are by far the best three. I think it's a considerable drop-off from Reynolds, Cup and Woods to, to the next guys on the depth chart. So I think they'll definitely use a high-end pick. I don't think we'll definitely not go past round three without taking one, I don't think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good stuff, good. You've obviously been doing a lot of homework there, Jordan. None else to do, to be honest. <laughs> yes, that's 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 one of the the bonuses of the the current situation. That we we do seem to have a little bit more time, some of us, to actually to look at some things that are important to us. Um, fantastic, good stuff. Um, I mean, I, I'm. You know, I mean, I think everybody knows how how hot I am on Cooper Cup, and I, I think he will make another step up this year. You know, Robert Woods is, is still a quality player and, it, and it's now time for Josh Reynolds to make that step up to be a starting wide receiver as well. And if we can take somebody fairly high up in the draft who can go on a rotation with those three, um, I, I think we'll be in a fairly good position with the with the wide receiver core, to be honest. I, I don't suppose you've had any thoughts on the the offensive line drafting as well, have you? Have you got any other names there, Jordan? I know we did a little bit earlier. Yeah, I mean, the, the tackle class uh, kind of, you know, from what I've read, it kind of drops off after the first. So while Rob was right in saying it's it's pretty deep, once, you know, we'll, we'll find out if anybody watches on the Thursday night into Friday morning, round one, what you'll find is that when one tackle goes, they just all start going because everybody starts panicking. Because, as Rob again rightly said, you know you, they're, they're really hard to come by good tackles. So, you know, again, you've got your. I'd say there's probably four who are on a, a, in that kind of top tier, um, which will all be gone probably. You know, again by top twenty, there's going to be no chance of you getting any of them outside it. Probably even less than that. Um, Jedrick Wills, Tristan Wirfs, Mackay Beckton and Andrew Thomas they're the top guys then you know you've kind of got your more developmental guys which might be an issue for some teams and what they what they think this year because you're going to get less time to work with you know work with them um, so 
likes of Lucas Niang. I think he's just coming off an injury. Uh, Josh Jones, Austin Jackson, Isaiah Wilson and Ezra Cleveland are kind of those more developmental guys that, that might need a bit more time before they see the field. But I'm not sure... You know, Rob Wright might be saying we don't need a, a replacement long term for Whitworth. I still think they're kind of hoping that it's not been. And with the kind of pressing need to have impact immediately with this draft class, I don't really see them going for a tackle as much. Um, I think you'll probably need, if we're going to, going to go anywhere, it will definitely be interior. Um, but again, as Rob rightly said, it's not that deep on the interior. Um, so I think if one of Cesar Ruiz, Lloyd Cushenberry, you know, those are the two probably the two best guys in the interior. If those two are gone, I wouldn't I wouldn't look at picking one, you know, before kind of you get to the middle of it, and then you know you're kind of a a lottery pick. You know, if you if you get one further down the draft and that, then you're doing really well for yourself. But it's not particularly strong in the interior um, this year, unfortunately. Okay. I was going to just quick, quickly add there, actually, if you don't mind, Jordan. Just uh, one of the names uh, that that you said was actually very intriguing because, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right as well. It's like the, the tackle position looks to be the the, the deeper of the the positions um, on that offensive line. A couple of guys that I was I was reading and reading an, an interesting article on today, actually, Josh Jones and Robert Hunt are two tackles who are going to be in that kind of second tier. Of the of the of the tackles in the draft, uh, these two guys maybe not the biggest tackles actually in the draft, and these are guys that could actually potentially develop into guards and starters. So as I say, if they are looking at maybe this second tier of tackles actually in the draft, don't be surprised if they take a tackle potentially. As I say, Josh Jones, Robert Hunt was two names that came up in the article that potentially will be drafted as tackles, but could actually play that guard position as well. Yeah, I mean, there's always those those guys every year. I mean, uh, Zach Martin of the Cowboys is now, you know, he's all pro pretty much every year. He was a tackle in college, but they just, they immediately, due to, a lot of the time it's due to size. They just yes. yep. put them inside um, in the interior instantly. But again, that's you're, you're, you're making a kind of big projection that if you use one of your top picks that this guy's going to immediately you know, become really good if it, you just flip him inside to guard because we saw Noteboom didn't really play very well at guard, but a lot of people are saying that he can only really play tackle and it's just what we're obviously trying to get him experience um, before Whitworth retires. So, yeah, again, it's, well, I suppose every pick in the draft's about a lottery. When you pick number two and you pick a tackle, you think he's going to be there for the next 10 years or whatever plus. But in our case, he was dreadful and he's ended up in federal court for, for other reasons. So, you know, it's it's a bit of a lottery, like we, like we say. But yeah, no, it's a, a valid point, yeah. Yeah, I think I think Notboom not has to have has to have competition. I think as well, Jordan, because I think to be honest with you, if they they go in the assumption that Notboom's a guy, and then it turns out that he's not the guy, and let's face it, there's not another tackle that can play left tackle on that line. Potentially, um, I, I honestly see them taking a tackle, and I think quite early, quite early on, if I'm honest, um, and potentially one of these guys that, if not boom, is the guy, then they can potentially move him into the interior of of, of the line. You know, I, I know that's a bit hearsay on my part, but I, for me, that that makes 
sense kind of thing. You know, there's a bit of strategy and a bit of thought in that. You know, so there is. I I I don't see them putting Notboom out on an island here, saying you are now the guy. You know, without any competition, I I, th- I think there will be, and I think it'll come from the draft this year. Excellent, good commentary, guys. Any any closing thoughts on the draft picks before we move on to a couple of questions that we've got via Twitter and Facebook? Uh, Jordan, first. Um, no, nothing else. I just an overall commentary just on it is you know the the quarterbacks are going to be interesting to see what way they fall. There's a lot of chat just now. Um, I think Joe Burrow will be the number one pick, but after that, you know it's. Seems to be a lot of different chatter just now that Justin Herbert will actually be the number two quarterback because of um, Tua Tungavailoa, I think is how you say his name. Again, probably butchered that. Um, (laughs) You know, he's uh, coming off a major hip injury from Alabama. He was the presumed number one pick pretty much all last year. Um, But hip injuries kind of set him back a bit, along with Burrow having a really good year, so I think that'll be interesting to watch because there's been a lot of a lot of quarterback movement this this off season, which is pretty rare. You know, still got the likes of Cam Newton sitting sitting on the couch. Or, well, I'm sure he's training, but you know, in, in football terms, sitting on the couch without a team. So I think it'll be interesting to watch the quarterbacks how the, how that goes. I mean, that's that's interesting. That you mentioned the quarterbacks, really, because obviously where we are, we, we we've. We've got Jared Goff, and he's he's our guy, but Blake Bortles has has pretty much departed now. Is is that official that Blake Bortles has departed? So we're only left with with um, oh, is it Wallman? Uh, John Walford. Walford. Yeah, he played he played pretty well preseason last year, and from. You know, there's only so much you can look into what McVeigh says. I think sometimes, but he said he's he's going to get a shot to a shot to be the backup. So maybe an undrafted guy. If uh, anything, it'll be you know around seven quarterback. I think I don't think they're going to look to to bring him in. They're they're also pretty comfortable rolling with two quarterbacks for most of the time. Granted, they usually have a bit of experience at the backup uh, position, which obviously Walford doesn't doesn't have it necessarily but I don't think we'll see much uh, attention paid to that from our end um, in the draft anyway Good, good Any, any other thoughts from you Rob on um, on, on the, the draft picks? Um, do you know what it, it's such a lottery, it, it really is I, I think a lot of it is going to depend on who's actually there You know, the, the one thing that we haven't actually entertained is the potential of us actually moving up you know, having the four picks, you know, actually in the in the in, in the first three rounds, you know, it's I, I know it's unlikely, and, and and we have so many needs again now that that it's it's actually probably very unlikely. Um, I I can't help but think though, if if there was a real diamond, somebody somebody that had very very high on their draft board, um, was falling towards them, then I think it's a potential possibility. Um, and as I say, that could be somebody on the line, somebody potentially on the edge at linebacker. Um, but it's really short of that, I, I think we'd cover most of it, guys. To be honest, you know. That that looks to be the big, you know, the big two areas, and then certainly maybe wide receiver and running back certainly following in after that. Okay, so good summaries, good summaries. Thanks for that. Um, we've got a question here from from the Twitter crowd. Um, JS Todd twenty five asks, if we only had a pick for either side of the ball, which two positions would you draft for and why? 
Rob? Well, I, I think we've really touched on it. As I say, I, I, I would be looking for some kind of competition at that left tackle spot right away on offence. And I would prioritise that over wide receiver, which I think is the two big needs on offence. Um, I, I don't think the running back position is is, the, is, is bigger than those two. Um, on defence, I think edge and then middle linebacker. Although th- th- there's a couple of guys that I'm looking forward to having a look at at middle linebacker, uh, Mitch Kessler. Um, a guy that you know we potentially were hoping to see last last year and didn't see. Um, Justin Lawler, another guy that's that's potentially going to play in the middle there. Um, I, I know he was a high end draft pick, the 2018 draft. Um, but uh, but yeah, as I say, I think the the, the linebacker position potentially edge rusher um, with us staying in the three four system um, would be where my pick would go in defense. Um, personally, I'd, I think I'd rather go if the board falls the way I think it's going to fall, and all the the kind of top linemen are going to be gone. You know, wide receivers. Just due to the fact that I think you need instant impact out of this class, especially your top picks, and the fact that you know the Rams often roll out the three receivers, so you're going to need at least one capable guy in reserve it's wide receiver for me on offence um, defence I don't think you can look too much away from from edge rusher to be honest um, I think again we touched on there's needs elsewhere linebacker you could probably do with another safety for depth etc but but you need you know we need the we need pressure from the outside um, to help Donald because you know, there's some of the pictures of Donald last year was was comical. You know, three, four guys on him. You need somebody that's going to, you know, take a bit of pressure off him, make the de- make the offensive line of the opposition think think about them as well. So I think that would be the the main positions for me. Okay, that's uh, that, that was great. Moving on to the, a couple of questions which are very similar from the Facebook crowd. Um, obviously, with the current situation. Um, with the coronavirus, um, the mayor of Los Angeles is actually saying that large gatherings and sports events may not come back until 2021. Um, and the associated problems with finishing our brand new stadium. Um, where do you think that might leave us in, in actually starting or maybe completing this, the, the, the season? And do you think there's any chance of international games in London, Wembley, taking place at all? Um Jordan? I would say, first of all, I think it's easier to say that, that I think the international games are going to be canned for this year. Um, you know, the, the just international travel, not only for the teams, but then obviously we bring, you know, well, they themselves bring a lot of staff as well as, as the players, and then you've got fans coming across, not only from America, but obviously a lot of European um Germany in particular, as I think we saw at the at the last last game, you know, there's a lot from all over the place. So I think it would be extremely difficult to to have games here um, in the UK and you know limiting the travel as well, which just isn't possible. In terms of the NFL, that apparently from what I read earlier on, they're going to have the schedules out by the 9th of May, I think it is. Okay. And what they've said is that it will be pretty obvious, they didn't unveil how, but they said it will be pretty obvious to see how um, 
they've kind of worked the schedules, which would mean that if they had to shorten the season, it'd be pretty easy. So I'm not sure if maybe it's going to be. Obviously, we play. We're supposed to play the AFC East this year, so the Patriots, Dolphins, Jets, and Bills. I don't know if those games are going to be basically the first four weeks. I'm not sure if that's kind of what they're alluding to, because obviously playoffs, um, seedings and whatever come down to conference play. So they'd rather have, you know, the NFC games against the NFC teams. So, for example, all their games against all the other NFC teams, they'd rather have them played. So it's kind of even if it comes down to playoff seedings, if we get that far, to be honest. But some... Basically, they've said that they're going to have some different ways to, to shorten the season if possible. Um, but I think the empty stadiums thing is going to be something that, that gets a lot of focus. Um, I read on the, the Facebook page that, although it's I think it's the mayor of LA that said they're not going to have you know fans at sports events, it's actually the mayor of Inglewood that kind of controls the Rams stadium. Yeah, but I can't see them having a different. You know, I still can't see them having a different policy. You know, however many miles down the road, it just doesn't make sense. Because um, obviously, to have people from within LA County or whatever it is, or the city of LA, um, travelling to the games as well, which just poses a risk for them going to the games and then going back. So, I think that's that's going to be the major talking point. To be honest, I can, yeah. if they if they could. They'll, they'll have the season somehow because there's too much at the end of the day it's all business there's too much money from TV companies etc riding on this that if it's possible to have it in empty stadiums they'll definitely have it but I think we really do need to look at the possibility of everything being canned for a little while you know all sports um, to be honest which is unfortunate but there's more important things in the world um, than sports it's hard to believe but there is <laughs> <laughs> No, there definitely is. You're quite, you're quite right, and I, and I can see the possibility of them actually delaying the season a little while. And I think you're right that the the London games are are pretty much a write-off already, to be honest, because they they ship a lot of the actual physical gear across in containers, and I think that normally ships in about February March time to make sure it's here um, and in, in situ, ready for the games in September October time. Well, October, November time, really. Um, so I, I really can't see four games going ahead in at the Tottenham Stadium and the Wembley Stadium at all. Um, but I mean, even even if the NFL played to empty stadiums, you're still talking in excess of 300 people being in close proximity in a contact sport. Um, and if we, if we don't have sight of a vaccine in the next six months, then... I, 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 I'm really unsure what's going to happen there, but I mean, we, we've we've got to behave, I suppose, at the moment as though the season will go ahead at some point, um, even if it maybe only starts in October, November time. Uh, any thoughts, Rob? I basically just agree with everything you both said there, guys. Yeah, I think the, I think the, the international games will be a write-off. I think that's a given right away. Um, I, I think they'll look at it down the line, you know, to see if there's some kind of potential of having, you know, certainly a percentage of the season um, played. But I, again, that, that'll be as in where, you know, the, the situation's at at that point. So it is. Um, it's so difficult to say just now. I, I, I can see 
I can see some kind of season being played, but exactly what that will be, I don't think we'll really have a proper inclination of it, maybe for maybe three, four months yet. Um, and then things may be a little bit clearer, to be honest. Excellent. Yeah. Well, well, any closing comments from either of you? But otherwise, it's been it's been really good to catch up with you. It seems like um, seems like about fourteen years since we all last spoke together. But it's probably only about three weeks. But uh, Jordan, um, no, no, you're right. It has been a while. Everything's dragging in just now. But yeah, just the closing point, I suppose, for UK point of view is we've got the um, the drafts all on Sky Sports. What channel? I'm not too sure because they all get weird names and everything these days. But we've got all three days on Sky Sports, and also as Game Pass is free at the minute. If you don't have Sky Sports, you'll be able to get it on Game Pass. If you want to watch, I'll, my sleeping patterns are all over the place. I'll probably up watching even round one, even though we'll not be involved. Um, I think that's one a.m. kind of. Friday morning, so Thursday night, Friday morning, uh, one a.m. That's that kicks off. So it'll be an interesting watch as the commissioner announces picks from his basement. I think he said, which is about <laughs> about weird. I'm sure he's got a nice house and he's chosen the basement. But yeah, that's some something for people to watch next weekend. Yeah, I think I'll be tuning into the second night because um, I've got all next week off as a, as annual leave. Um, so I think the Friday night, Saturday morning might be my sort of time and we might even get a couple of picks out of there because I, th- I think they do rounds two and three, don't they, in, in the second day? Yeah. Excellent. And and Rob, anything to, to finish with? No, just really like yourself, guys. Uh, very much kind of looking forward to the draft now. As I say, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how, how they actually put it together, you know, get out of the with uh, the social distancing and the, and the virtual stuff. So it's going to be an interesting win this time. So it is. But uh, no, I just, again, just thank folks. Thanks folk for, thank folks for listening. And, uh, and and just continue to keep safe, folks, till the next time. Excellent, excellent. Thanks for everybody's time this evening. Um, I believe we will be doing a, a post-draft podcast as well. Not entirely sure um, who will be participating in that. It depends which day and what time we actually... Um, uh, schedule that for but um, good to catch up with uh, both Rob and Jordan tonight and good night from me